This episode of the Punk Rocket Show is brought to you by EpicMerchStore.com, a great platform to buy unique merch for more than 200 punk rock, ska, hardcore, and metal bands. You can find t-shirts, hats, hoodies, tank tops, and kids merch for bands like Willem Scream, Dead by Stereo, Mute, Coral Springs, Cigar, Voodoo Glow Skulls, and so many more. You can choose between many different colors and sizes, and they also have flat rate shipping costs. I love them! Get your merch at EpicMerchStore.com! Hello Punk Rockers! Welcome to the Punk Rocket Show episode 16! I hope you are doing great today! I'm your host, Emilie Plamondon, aka Punk Rocket, and it's always a pleasure for me to spread my punk rock passion with you! Today we have a very special episode! It will be only about Pooley! You're gonna listen to the interview I made with Scott Radinsky! We talked about the new acoustic EP, his side of the story about why he stopped playing in Temple Ball. I also asked him some of your baseball questions and you'll hear the whole four songs EP on this episode. Yeah! Are you ready? Let's go! Hey, hey, hello, my favorite punk rockers in the world. I hope your week was great since the last episode. I had a very busy week. I'm working on starting a Patreon page in a few weeks, so I'm exploring some fun exclusive stuff I could do for you. I also took some time to go to my local punk rock vinyl store. Oh, it's always dangerous. Huh? <laughs> and I bought some gems like the new Dropkick Murphys album. A special edition of Trash by Lagwagon with some bonus tracks. I also bought Bad Religion, How Could It Be Any Worse? I honestly don't understand why I didn't have this one yet, but it's never too late, right? <laughs> I also bought Ramon's Rocket to Russia. So now I'm Punk Rocket to Russia. <laughs> And what is the last one again? Oh yeah, Good Riddance, the most recent album, Thoughts and Prayers. Such a great album. So it felt good to get new vinyl, as always. And oh my god, because Met Metalisha is, is really annoying right now. She wants to rub her head on the mic. <laughs> she, she wants to walk on my computer and on my piano. She's an annoying girl. Want to say something? <laughs> so yeah, today it's a very amazing episode for me. It's a whole pulley episode, so you won't have any recommendations today, uh, no reviews either, no news, but I still have a fantastic episode for you. I think it's pretty fun to have a whole episode about one band only. And I had the privilege to talk with the singer, Scott Radinsky. I usually split the interviews in two parts, but today I decided to make only one episode. And on top of that, I'm allowed to show you the whole EP. So the four songs of this amazing acoustic EP will be played during the interview. The EP is called Different Strings. It's gonna be out on May 28 on Spam Records and Smart Punk Records. And there are, the songs are Cashed In, No Defense, One Shot, and Silver Tongue Devil. I really love the vibe of those acoustic songs, the arrangements they made, the tempo, and of course, the legendary vocal. 
legendary. And Scott Radinsky is really nice. I never met him in person, but the second the Zoom interview began, I immediately felt like he was a friend. I can't wait to meet him in person someday, maybe at a music festival, huh? And I appreciated that he was super honest in his answers, and especially when he was talking about why he stopped playing in 10-foot pole, you will definitely feel some of his emotions still. I also took the time to ask him your questions about baseball, about touring. That was a very, very, very nice conversation. Okay, let's go, Scott Radinsky. It was a pun, because he's rad. Okay, go. Interview. Oh, hi. Hey. Great. How are you? I'm fine, and you? Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice meeting you. I've been listening to my favorite song here for like the last week now. Oh, what is it? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's awesome. I oh, can't get thank enough. you. That makes me really happy that you like this. Uh, I'm going to tell Carl. He's going to be very happy. It's insane. I mean... I saw some of the other stuff that he did. Oh, and yeah. It's good. And it's good, but oh. I'm sorry. It's not even, well, I'm a propaganda fan. So, yeah. But oh my God, it's insane. It's really fun that we've been uh, on the same propaganda podcast uh, episode, the on script yeah, moment. That, <laughs> I was like, was oh, cool. yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to. Uh, To know that uh, you you're also a propaganda fan, it was really interesting. And this song, Their Coach's Corner, is totally my favorite. What the song is your favorite? Yes. I don't know why. I think the intro. Yeah, I don't know if I have a favorite song or not. Um, I like them all. Yeah, this one brings me so much emotion. So it was really fun to do it uh, in another in another way acoustically in a duet yeah your guys version is just awesome i was like i want to push my voice because the emotion is so strong <laughs> oh it's fucking great you know what it's funny like before you start singing you're standing there yeah. and i can see you're like you're moving your foot you know you want to get into it you yeah. want to start rocking and then once you start singing it kicks in it's great I was, uh, I, in the beginning in the beginning i was like oh his voice is kind of weird Oh, and then, and then when he's because it's really deep in the beginning, it, yeah, you know? dear Ron McLean. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, but then once you guys get into it, oh my god, I swear I, I get like chills, it's really good. <laughs> wow, that's a great day having compliments about the cover song I made from you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I mean, thank you. Yeah, I think we never met because when is the last time you played in Quebec City? Oh, I saw you, I think, with Millen Collin and Strike Anywhere, but like in 2014 or something. Did you tour with them? No? No, the last time that I was in Quebec City was with Propagandi. What? When? 96, 97. Yeah, okay, okay. I was, well, a long time ago. Are you sure? I was sure I saw Pulley uh, with Millen Collin. Um, well, we played Montreal, but not Quebec City. Ah, oh, I'm sure. I s okay, I won't argue because you know more, but <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw you. Anyway, that's fine. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, maybe I was in Montreal. I'll check because I was. I thought I thought I I saw you play once, only once in my life. But it, maybe it was in Montreal. I don't know. 
So today I want to talk to you about the new EP that is coming soon. It's really good. I heard it. Amazing. Okay. And I also had some questions from the listeners. So it's going to be interesting. They have a lot of different questions. So yeah, let's dive into it. And we were talking about Propagandi, but what were the first punk bands you were listening to before Propagandi, of course, back in the days? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, back in the days. Um Well, growing up, growing up in, uh, in, in Los Angeles area, we had some of the best, um, the circle jerks, fear, black flag, you know, TSOL, adolescence, social distortion, bands like that, 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 uh, I was lucky enough or I'm old enough to where <laughs> I was lucky enough to be able to see them when I was a young kid. Wow. Uh, um, so yeah, that was, uh. Those were special times back then, for sure. A lot of violence, but special times. That's fun because I talked with a photographer. His name is Kevin Salk. I don't know if you know him. He took pretty famous shots of uh, adolescent circle drugs, black flag back in the days. Exactly. Probably you you probably were on the same shows uh, very often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they was a. Uh... It was different back then. You know, the shows weren't like in real clubs. Yeah. They were in like halls, um, you know, wherever they could have shows. And, and sometimes there'd be like one or two and then the place would be shut down and moved to another place next month. But uh, it was tough because I didn't drive. This was before I drove and, and there was no Internet. So you really didn't know. Um, you really didn't know like when the shows were or how the shows, you know, what was going on. And it was just really word of mouth or maybe you go to the record store and there might be a flyer in the window or something. Yeah. But, ah. but uh, it was, uh, those were good times yeah. for sure. Yeah. I wish I could have knew. I was born in 1984, so I was kind of young <laughs> to go to shows, but I wish I could, yeah. I wish I could experiment uh, this vibe, you know. Yeah. It was, uh, you knew that it was special mm -hmm. when you were there. Uh, it was very small, uh, maybe like a crazy group of people. You knew you were different. And um, I don't know, it wasn't like mainstream popular. Mm -mm. So, so there was, I think everybody came from some sort of background that maybe had, I don't want to say dysfunction, but yeah. something maybe kind of fucked up. Yeah. that attract attracted everybody together. And, and I remember the first show that I went to mm -hmm. and, and I walked inside and, and I was very scared and intimidated because I was young and everybody yeah. was older and, you know, they had the leather and the boots and, and, and everything. Uh -huh. And um, after a couple hours, I just remember looking around thinking like, man, this is, this is where I belong. This is where I feel comfortable. And um And the energy and the music oh, is what yeah. really blew me away. I don't even know if I remember any of the songs or if it was any good. I just remember the energy was just, that's what, that's what hooked me. Wow. And I've never seen, I've never seen anything like it before in my life. No. You know? And it's still, I still feel this family vibe we have still in, in my local scene. I, I can't feel it, but I, I think it's, it probably was so special at this time. Totally. I definitely think some of the, uh, well, you're not from a small town, but, but like, uh, 
some of the some of the scenes still have that community uh, family vibe. Mm-hmm. I think uh, in places like Los Angeles, yeah. you know, the big cities, it's kind of it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a similar. Uh, I was I live away from Los Angeles and closer to an area called Oxnard, and they had a scene called Nardcore, oh. and we had uh, we had a lot of uh, a lot of local bands that became very popular, and we had that family close uh-huh. you know on the weekends we would go have barbecues and things like that it was maybe like 150 200 people you know small yeah. and uh, it was it was cool when you go to the shows it was all your friends or people you went to school with and it, it wasn't outside people so yeah. it was it was definitely different yeah for what it's worth I've walked miles and I've seen the sun go
at this time were you already play baseball at this time uh in in the school but not in professional no 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 you might have started at this time yeah yeah in 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 high school i did but but not 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 i didn't i didn't play like for a job until after Mm -hmm. school yeah Great. And I'm I'm super happy that you re- you're you're going to release a new acoustic EP. It's going to be called Different Strings, right? Correct. Great. I loved it. I listened to it already. I feel the emotion in the EP. The guitar sounds amazing. Uh, uh with who did you work with for for this EP? Just us. We did it ourselves. Uh in the start of the pandemic quarantine um we had been writing new songs Mm -hmm. uh for a new record yeah and we have always talked about for oh gosh maybe 20 years now about doing acoustic stuff oh really yeah before before it became really popular um (laughs) we, we we talked about doing it but we never had the the opportunity to record or or do anything we we wanted to in 2004 we did a record called matters on, on mm-hmm. epitaph and we wanted to have five acoustic songs, but when you're recording a record, sometimes the time goes so fast and you just don't have the time. So yeah. we didn't, uh, we never got to do that. And I wish we would have, because it seems like everybody does it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so we were, we were rehearsing uh, maybe one year ago, mm-hmm. March, like at the start of the, when, when the guys, they, they, uh, they weren't going to work. So we had free time oh, and yeah. we would go to the rehearsal and, and just, and, and practice and write new songs. And we started talking about playing the acoustic ones. So we came up with an idea where we were going to take uh, songs from each record oh. and make, make like a series. And, and we only did the first one so far and yeah that's we what reco- i noticed we, we recorded uh-huh. it by ourselves and then uh and, and then they heard it somebody heard it and they said hey i'd like to put that out so we said okay cool and and now i think we have the motivation to keep doing more you know yeah it's really i really like the vibes uh honestly yeah. uh, it's I love- different you know something yeah. different more mellow yeah uh, it's of course it's slower but like yeah ah uh, it's still really punk when i listen to it it's great it's 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 a real challenge to to try to play slower and actually sing when you're playing fast you can you can make more mistakes uh but when you play slow and and you have to really sing it's it's really hard it's yeah, challenging it's easy to notice every detail <laughs> every detail it's funny because i i love to play other band songs like you like we talked about the cover I'm, I love to make cover acoustic covers but it's yeah. it's about other bands what is it to cover but not, it's not a cover but to to redo your own songs but acoustically like you said it's the details are more uh, easy to notice but is it harder to, when it's your own band compared to if you would just do another band song um yeah that's a good question Um, I guess when you're playing somebody else's song, there's no, uh, you, you feel, I feel more free to do anything I want to, uh, playing our own song. I feel like we have to kind of maybe keep it in a certain, uh, an area that, that, uh, 
that we're familiar with because we've played so many times. Mm. Um, we write a lot of the songs on acoustic. Yeah, first. To start. So, yeah. So, but it's different when you play it in a slower style mm -hmm. with more, more singing and, and uh, you know, different chords. Um, but yeah, it's, it's challenging. It's really challenging to play. A, I could pick up a guitar and play a, you know, play a lagwagon song or play something like that. And, and I don't care what it's, I don't care what it sounds like. Today you could play May 16 because we are recording it on May 16. <laughs> it's lagwagon day yeah. today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's more challenging when you do your own song for sure. Maybe you want the fans to still recognize the song absolutely. And you, you, you want to keep it very similar at first, but you kind of adapted them from what I've heard. Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, I think that they still sound, we didn't put much thought into it. We just oh, did it. Yeah. Okay. Um, great. You know, and, 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 and that, that's kind of the, I think that's kind of the best way to do it. Sometimes you can overthink things. Yeah. Um, so, but, but, you know, it was something different. We were, I don't want to say we were bored, but we, mm -hmm. we, we just wanted to try something different. And so we, we did it and we didn't think it was going to become a record, but that's <laughs> it cool. Did. It's cool that it is. Yeah, totally. So you, you chose only songs from Esteem Driven Engine. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide it? Uh, why did you decide to do that? And uh, why did you choose those songs specifically because you could have chosen uh, my english sucks today i'm sorry you could have chose a lot of songs it's a it's a long album but you chose like four and why those one well um first off we we chose four from that record and like i mentioned earlier we wanted to make a series mm -hmm. like every six months make four songs from each record acoustic oh so it's gonna and... be periodically i get it oh great And I think the reason that, that we chose those songs were they were probably uh, the easiest to play on an acoustic guitar where maybe some of the other songs had more picking or different style that was hard to, to play on the acoustic. I, I don't play guitar, but that's what they told me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, cool. And you, make, you made some arrangements too. Your voice has, uh, I think you doubled it. I don't know how to say We can hear like two tracks. It's great. Yeah, yeah. On the main track, there's a couple of tracks, and then uh, you know we did some harmonies and and some things to to. It's normally when there's drums and a bass and a distorted distortion guitar mm -hmm. and and it's fast, it sounds more full. Yeah. When we did the when we did the acoustic songs, it sounds very naked. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's why there's a few more vocals to try to make it sound a little more full but i don't want it to sound too uh too like uh i don't know what the right word is but too like 70s rock you know okay. what i mean yeah, wanted yeah. to sound you know keep keep the same vibe but i think if we do more like off the next records i think we will develop a better style and it'll probably it'll we'll probably it'll probably evolve and we'll get better at it hmm. you know interesting So I can't wait also to hear the, the songs you're going to choose on the other albums. And speaking of, yeah. of, of albums, you released great... Uh, I'm a huge vinyl collector, vi uh, vinyl fan, and you made some great variants on Dusty Wax records. Yeah, Dusty Wax. Yeah, they are great. 
Yeah, that was cool. Uh, a, a very old friend, Marco, yeah, uh, from from Montreal. He uh, he approached me oof, over one year ago and asked about uh, you know releasing the record. So you know, we talked to Epitaph and and, oh. and took care of all the business, and then uh, and he re released them and he did a great job with the artwork and and he yeah. and he only had the CDs. So like you know, they're they're graphic artist and they had to do a lot of work and they did a really good job. And, yeah. and I think he did a really good job picking colors on the vinyl and, and, uh, and, and making it, uh, interesting for people to want to, to get it, you know, yeah. so that, so we we're pretty thankful for that, for him to get those on vinyl and, um, and it turned out great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think people are getting really passionate. The co- you know, the, the collectors, they love that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I <You> do. <laughs> This is it, one shot at the big time, better make it count, I'll stand up and be heard, cause I know, radio plays this song, and all the kids will buy it, hate me a month from now, and I won't be It's another way to listen to music. You have to listen to the whole album. Uh, you have to respect the order the band chose. You know stuff like this that makes me really happy to collect them. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's 
you know, it, for me, it's, it's, uh, and I don't want to sound old, but it's, it's the first way I ever heard music. Yeah. You know, I held, I held a record in my hands and, and I read everything on the, on the insert, all the lyrics, all the credits, all the thank yous. And oh yeah, I love to do that. That to me is what, what listening to music was like. So that, that it's like special to me to, to hold, to actually hold something that, you know, yes. you can listen to. And it's, it's really artistic. You have visual art in your hands mm -hmm. because sometimes the band are doing like really special thing. I'm thinking about, uh, do you know the band Adrenalized in Spain? They are mm -hmm. doing like very fast skate punk and they made a three-dimensional cover with glasses. <laughs> they put glasses. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of real pieces of heart. So, yeah. Yeah, it's great. that's really cool. I guess I guess you can do all kinds of stuff. Um, you know what I what I think is cool is the is the the actual vinyl, like the different colors and the variants. The variants. The, you know, it's just it's it's just makes it so attractive. Yeah, you know? it's pretty. It's fun to look at. You you can look at this like spinning, and stare at it. <laughs> it's fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the only problem is they make too many. So instead of buying one copy, you probably want to buy like four copies to uh, get you know each one. And that's that's I don't know. That's yeah. that's the record company's mind. And it's expensive. <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah, it's expensive. You know what, you know what's crazy is I don't buy anything on on a on eBay, but oh my god, I can't believe some of the shit that sold for how much money it sold for. I, I yeah. I have some old I have some old like you know original mm -hmm. uh hardcore, some original punk rock records, and and like I can't even imagine what, what they might be worth in real money. But, mm -hmm. but there's no way I'd ever sell them. But people sell that stuff for a lot of money. It's yeah. crazy. I'm not on that level of collecting. <laughs> yeah. But I understand. What's crazy is people actually buy them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, great. And you were talking um, about writing new songs. So you, you, you are writing new songs uh, at the moment? Um, we have about 16 new songs. Yeah, I think we have... Uh, oh, probably a little more than a full record and um can we expect one yeah after after the acoustic series are you writing also other songs or oh yeah like i mean these are all new songs okay okay great okay cool yeah 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 i think maybe by the end of the year we'll record and and um oh. we probably could have recorded and put out a record but but um and we don't tour a lot mm -hmm. but i i feel like It kind of pointless to put a record out and and not play any shows. Yeah, um, you know. Mm. So I want to have uh, the opportunity, and it's, I mean, reality is 2022 is probably going to be more yeah, it's more realistic. real than yeah. You, you know, so that's the goal is maybe record the end of the year, and mm. then hopefully you know next year we can actually play and you know have have new material. Yeah, I can't wait because the last yeah. the last release was in 2015 or 16. 16, 16. yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, so it's really fun to have the acoustic stuff and I'm really happy to to hear that uh, we can have uh, other uh, a full album coming soon. Pretty soon. Yeah. Great. Are you ready for some listeners questions? I'm ready for anything you want. Oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> you're going to like this one because <laughs> I started a topic on my Facebook page and people 
really want to know what happened with 10 foot pole we they heard different different stories about why you only made one album rev so Some people say you quit because you wanted to start Pule. Some people say that maybe you, you've been kicked out of the band and started Pule shortly after. Some people said you didn't have time for touring. So are you comfortable to say, to, to tell us? Um, well, I'm comfortable to give you my version. Yes. Sure. Um, so we recorded Rev in 1994. Mm -hmm. uh, we had been a band for the same guys for, you know, almost 10 years when we were in the high school. Oh, that long. I didn't know. Wow. Yeah. And, and so when we started, uh, when we, when we did the record with Epitaph and, mm -hmm. and, uh, recorded Rev, we did a little bit of touring and played some shows, nothing crazy. I had been playing baseball since 1986 yeah. mm -hmm. prof professional. Okay. So, so 1994 was I had already been playing for eight years. Mm -hmm. So the band had a, we had a, a schedule that we worked with. And when we recorded Rev, the punk rock scene started getting a lot bigger. Mm -hmm. Especially in those years, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I, I, we, we, we did the record, mm -hmm. we did some touring, and then I had to leave to go to baseball. Sure. And of course promoters would call and say, you know, Hey, we want to book the band. We want to mm. play show. We want you to do this. We want you to do that. Other bands would call and, and ask if we wanted to tour. Yeah. Um, but for, you know, like I said, for eight years, I had been doing the same schedule. So it wasn't anything new. No. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think the guys in the band just, uh, they were excited about the idea of, wow, we can go do this. And I think they wanted to be like, uh, they wanted to be like, Pennywise. They wanted mm -hmm. to be like Bad Religion. They wanted to be like mm -hmm. Rancid, and they wanted to be like The Offspring. And so, the whole idea behind playing music for us in the beginning was: we're going to have fun. We're going to play shows. We're going to write music. We're not going to take it seriously like a job. Mm -hmm. And after the Epitaph record, after Rev, and all the opportunities came, I think in their minds they thought, mm -hmm. "Wow, we could do this." for a living. We could yeah. do this for a job. So I was at baseball and I don't know what month it was, but baseball goes from February to October. So I have November, December, Jan. No, actually it goes from, I'm sorry. It goes from April to October. Mm -hmm. So I have um, October, November, December, January, February, and part of March. I always had about four and a half months and my whole life during that four and a half months, We played shows, we did touring, we wrote music, oh, yeah. we, we had fun. Well, so I got a phone call from uh, Dennis, the guitar player, mm -hmm. and he said to me, um, hey, we want, to, uh, we want to continue the band, but uh, we want to get a different singer. And um, yeah. we, we will, uh, we'll stop being a band for four months and be your band, and you can start a new one. And, oh. I, and I thought to myself, Well, that's, uh, that's, that's, is that, is that, the, is that the situation you're giving me? And he said, yeah, we've talked about it and that's the decision we want to do. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I think that's a mistake. I said, if you have eight months to be a full-time touring band, 
why don't you start a new band? And for four months, why don't we keep the special thing we have together? And they did, he didn't agree with me. And so I said, okay, that's fine. If that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. Mm. I think two days later, I called him again. And I said, I think this is a mistake. And, and he said, well, we've made our decision. And I said, okay. Ouch. And, that hurts. And, yeah, it kind of sucked. Oh, that hurts. And, and, and so the next day I made a f- few phone calls to, because I wasn't going to stop playing music. No. So I made, I made a few phone calls to some friends and, and uh, you know, said, Hey, when I come home, I want to start a band. Do you guys have any interest? And, and, and they said, yeah. So I thought it was funny that, that the 10 foot pole band offered me the opportunity. They said, Hey, we'll be your backup band for four months. And I said, yeah, no, thanks. Um, yeah. I, I'd rather play with like, not that we weren't friends, but we weren't friends. We were just in a band together. Mm-hmm. And so I had opportunity now to start something new with friends. So that's what I did. And, and yeah. uh, when I came home from baseball that year, I went to Epitaph and I asked Brett, I said, how do I get kicked out of my own band? I mean, I, I feel like I started the band when in 1982. And um, I'd been from the beginning and I said, it's just strange for me that we finally got an opportunity to, mm. to put out a good record and be on a good label. And we wrote good songs and, and I'm being asked to leave. I don't use the word kicked out, but yeah, I was asked <laughs> I to use, leave. I, I use the word that people said to, as an explanation, people were saying a lot of stuff, but yeah, you were well, like, yeah, I, I was nicely, kicked out. Basically yeah. I was told that I was told you're not in the band anymore. Yeah, We're, I mean, we're going to continue without you. And What could I do? I mean, I, all, all I could say was I thought it was a mistake. And um, yeah. so I came home and I talked to Brett and I asked him about, you know, what the situation was. And, and he said, well, do you have any songs? And I said, yeah, I have three songs hmm. that I had wrote in that like one week of being home because I was really excited. I, I was like sure. on a mission. And, and yes, no, I, I never had time to tour for 12 months. But I always had time for four months of the year to tour. Which is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, you can go a lot of places. And when I look back at 25 years of what Pulley's done, in the four months, we've gone to Europe, we go to Canada, we do the U.S. You can do everything. You just can't do it 12 months a year. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> I, I, I believed in the band. I just never thought that. I never thought it was going to be easy to make a living at being in a punk rock band. There's only how many bands really make a living? Not a lot. Not a lot. Um, But uh, so they went for it. And, 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 and then I talked to, uh, when I, when I talked to Brett, he said, show me the song. So I I went down there and played him the songs. And, and uh, he said, yeah, when you have the rest of the songs, let's record a record. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did in four months later. Later, we recorded the first pulley record. Nice. Um, but I, I always, uh, I never, I never said I didn't want to tour. I've heard these stories before. Yeah. I've heard that I only had, I've heard that I only had three weeks to play. <laughs> only three weeks that, vacation from baseball. <laughs> just three weeks. Yeah. So I just, I never talked about it ever again. And and mm. I, uh, you know, was fortunate to be able to start pulley and, and have the support of the record label and the support of some friends. And, and uh, we played music and had fun together. And yeah. we started the band with the mindset of we're going to have fun. 
Totally. We're not going to take we're not going to take this too seriously and and hate each other mm-hmm. because that's what a lot of bands do. And that when they're struggling, they they end up there's a lot of there's a lot of conflict. And yeah, so sure we've always taken pride and I feel like. If you see our band backstage, we're the band that hangs out together. All of us. We're not like one guy over here, one guy over there. Uh, we all actually like each other, and that's very rare in a band. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the story of uh, oh. of, of really what happened. And and I I mean I, that's about as nice as I can put it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I could I could say it in a different way, but <laughs> I, what's the point? I mean, no, it, it's, it's fine. It's over. It's done, and and everybody went their own way, mm-hmm. and. And um, I still, to this day, think it was a mistake, though, because I think that if 10 foot pole would have stayed together, what we were, Mm -hmm. um, I think it would have been uh, I think it would have been better than 10 foot pole or pulley ever was. But that's just that's just my opinion. Oh, that's sad to hear. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm not laughing, well I guess it is Cause I'm still standing by 
And you know that punk rock fans are still really into Rev. I have requests <laughs> for 10 football Rev songs almost on every show I host <laughs> every week. So it's still very alive. This album is still uh, has a crazy success even today. So it's, it's kind of a compliment you know, for you. Yeah, it's great. Um, I mean, to have something, you know, 20 something years later, still be uh, people excited to listen to it is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've never, I honestly don't think I've ever heard a 10 foot pole song after Rev. Um, I've heard some people tell me it's not very good. I've heard some people tell me it's okay. Um, but I personally, I've, I've never listened to it. Um, mm. and I, I wish we would have had the opportunity to record another record, but, but we didn't. And, um, we did a split with satanic surfers after oh. the rev record oh, I didn't that know. I thought yeah, yeah, yeah. was, was pretty good. Mm. Um, you know, some of the songs, I think that it would have gotten better. Um, because rev was like our first, uh, it was our first attempt at writing that style. Yeah. And, um, I think that we would have gotten a lot better as a band uh, had we had the opportunity to continue, but hey, life, life is what it is. Yeah. Which leads to another question <laughs> from a listener. If you had the opportunity to do a tour to play the entire Rev album, would you do it? The whole Rev record? Yeah. If you have the opportunity to, to go for a reunion, 10 foot pole show, if we put aside the... This story that is sad. Would you like to sing this album on a stage? Like, no, you're nah, okay. <laughs> not, not with that group of people. No. Oh, okay. Um, I, we've done a few songs. Uh, there, there, you know, there's five or six songs on Rev that I think were pretty good. I, I don't think every song was good, mm-hmm. um, but I think there was, you know, five or six songs that were pretty good that are that are good to play live and and. Um, I don't think that there would ever be a, any sort of reunion yeah. with, the, with the with the original members. Yeah, but people um, people uh, like to dream about stuff sometimes. So yeah, probably yeah, yeah. the fan would love I, to I see mean, that. I mean, I, I know I know Tony, the drummer, and Pete, the bass player. They left about a year later, I think, after the after I was kicked out of the band. Mm. So that that kind of made me realize, like. Yeah. The decision the decision was probably not a good one because if it was they would they would have stayed with the band. Mm. And there was something that made them want to quit and mm. and they quit and they didn't join other bands. And actually Tony joined Pulley, the mm-hmm. drummer, and uh Pete never played in a band again, so um and then Steve the guitar player, he ended up quitting I think a couple years later. So the band kind of fell apart. And uh, I think there's only one remaining member. Well, there is only one remaining member mm-hmm. who's using the name. And um, it, it, it's kind of sad that, like, I, I'm not a big fan of that when when uh, the story, ha- the, the, the story um, you have to kind of look at the story and say, like, well, there's a reason why there's only one person left. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so to play those songs live, um, Yeah, I think uh, I think Pulley was going to go play the Redbridge Fest and play like yes, I know. you know six songs or so, six or seven songs, and I was super excited about that. I was so excited too. It's close to my place, so yeah. Great. So hopefully, 2022. Oh, yes, 
please. Uh, hope so. <laughs> I had some question about baseball too, um, and one of them that I f I, I think is really really uh, interesting. I don't know anything about baseball baseball by the way. So, um, how was your teammates reacting when you were talking about being in punk rock bands? Uh, you know, they, it was a different world. They yeah. didn't really understand. Um, you oh. know, they're fans of music, okay. but they didn't under, they didn't understand the punk rock world. And I, I didn't talk a lot about it with them. There was maybe one or two guys, okay. you know, on a team that I, I might have been friends with that that maybe had interest. But for the most part, it was just a separate, okay. separate world, separate world. You didn't you know? talk about your parallel life a lot with your not so much no yeah. it, it just they didn't have interest i'm not wasting my time trying to you know yeah. convince them hey you're gonna love this green day song mm -hmm. nah <laughs> you know yeah and what about the relationship you had with with the fans like the baseball fans compared to punk rock fans is there a different kind of support you received or I know a lot are in both, both passions, but, you know. Well, you know, in, in the sports fans, they're, they, they, they're more for the team. Um, oh, yeah. And, and they're more for like, what did you do last night? What did you do last week? Um, they, they're very, uh, they're not very consistent, you know. Um, But the fans are great um, in the cities that I played in with the different teams. They're good fans. Um, but the music fans were always my people, uh, people my own age, people, uh, you know, I had a lot more in common with mm -hmm. somebody I could actually have a conversation with. Mm -hmm. um, I don't do podcasts with sports people. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Oh, I, so, feel, I feel really privileged uh, right now. <laughs> um, Yeah, yeah. It's just a different world. It's a totally different world. I, I always thought of baseball was like a job and, you know, music was like fun, passion, uh, my love. And, and um, so it's just totally different. And the fans are a lot more real in, in punk rock than they are in the mm. sports world. Oh, yeah. Why? Yeah. I only know uh, well, punk rock fans, so I can't compare, but... Yeah, they're just they're genuine. They're 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 more sincere people. Um, I think they actually care more about the person, the individual, the band, the music. They have more interest. Um, where the sports people, they only care about winning, losing, um, you know, good or bad. And 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 the music fans, like I said, they have they have more passion. They're they're just genuine uh, people. You know, I feel that too. Yeah. Um, another question is from a musician and also an athlete. Her name is Karina, and she asks if you find any parallels between being an athlete and a musician, like in the discipline, maybe the, I don't know, the work process. Yeah, I, I think the I think the work ethic and the commitment. Um, you know, if you want to be good, you, you have to really like be serious about what you do. Um, But you also have to have fun and you have to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I, I, I've been a really lucky person to, to be able to do two things in life. The only things I've ever done in life. And I love them both. Mm -hmm. And so I enjoy doing both. So I never get tired doing the work, you know, and, and that's really important because a lot of people hate their jobs. And I know I said I, I thought of baseball as a job, 
And yeah, baseball was a job, but it was also a fun job. Yeah. And, and so, you know, if I had to work hard at being good at baseball, I didn't mind working hard. Um, you know, I want to be in a band and I want to sound good and have pride and write good songs. I don't mind the commitment of, of what it takes to, to, to make myself better and, um, you know, challenge myself. And, you know, there, there, there is comparisons, I think, a lot with, with just the approach of, of the commitment, mm-hmm. you know. stadiums <laughs> my favorite baseball stadiums yeah well I, I i like the old ones um yeah i liked i like there's one in chicago called wrigley field oh. where the cubs play um i like the field in boston where the red sox play um, um yeah those are there. those are special but i like every stadium um oh. because i i guess it would be like you have the opportunity in a band to play a really good club one night But then the next night you might be playing a really shitty club. (laughs) 
Yes. And, 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 and the one thing about baseball is <laughs> every stadium is yeah. good. You know? That's very interesting. And, I love this. Uh, I love this. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're all, they're all, you know, I mean, they're all first class, you know, the stadium, but some are, some are more special, you know, some, some have more history and that's what makes them more special. You never play baseball in front of six people. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Great. And uh, you, you were talking about two main passion, music and baseball, but do you have any other hobbies or strong passion? Because I feel like you are a very a huge achiever. I don't know how to say that in English, but like you, you are very committed in two very big things. So do you have any other things that we don't know about? Other interests? Well, um, yeah. you know, I've kept my life pretty simple. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have three kids and I oh. made a pretty big commitment in yeah. <laughs> being a good, being a good dad, sure. um, which I think is pretty important in life. Um, yeah. You know, to be responsible, to bring three people into the world and, mm -hmm. and uh, make sure that they're not shitheads. <laughs> and, um, you know, I have three good kids and, and um, you know, I feel like that's probably the biggest accomplishment, you know, as a human being, you know, you, you can really have is to, mm -hmm. is to pass that on to the future generation and make sure that the world's going to be an okay place. And you're bringing, yeah. you know, you're bringing these people into the world and you know that they're going to be a productive part of society. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, that's a, uh, other than, you know, my family and, and, and the two things that I've done in life, I mean, I, you know, I try to be a good person, um, you know, mm -hmm. with, with people, but, but uh, that, that's probably like, the biggest commitment I ever had was, was being a dad. Oh, I like that. It's true. I don't have kids, but I, I know how it feels probably. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Scott. That was an amazing conversation. Uh, wow. I can't wait to, to for the, re the, the acoustic EP to be released so everyone can hear it. I think there's already um, a song available, a single, Cashed In, Cashed It In. I think I yeah. saw that on, on spam. Yeah. Good one. Great. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to get up there and play some shows in Quebec city and, and yes. uh, play a couple 10 for pole songs for you. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> People are going to be so and, crazy. Uh, yeah. It, sh it should be a lot of fun. I know that uh, I've yeah. heard a lot of good things about that festival up there and, and uh, I, yeah, I just hope that things are, how's everything going up there? Are things getting better or, Uh, yeah, we are a little late on vaccines. I'm going to have my first shot next week. So it's oh, good, getting, it's getting good. better. Uh, my parents are vaccinated. All uh, older people are, uh, have had their second shot, I think. So we were waiting for this. So things are starting to reopen a little, like schools. and But bars, restaurants, venues are still, uh, are still closed. Yeah, uh, we can have some seated shows in big venues with the uh, social distance. So, yeah, it's, it's really hard, but I think we have next, some hope. Next year, next year will be good. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah, 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 me too. <laughs> good, thanks. Okay, I said, hey, if you guys haven't checked out Emily's song, "The Coach's Corner" by Propaganda, <laughs> her cover song, you better go check it out. <laughs> That's a perfect conclusion, Scott. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great interview with a fabulous human being. And by the way, 
I don't want to brag, but I checked and I was totally right. I definitely saw Pule <laughs> play in Quebec City with Milan Collin and Strike Anywhere in 2014. <laughs> That's it for today, Crackers. I hope you had a great time with me today. If you want to support the show, you can subscribe and share it to your punk rock friends. You can also give it five stars on iTunes. And if you want to support financially, you can go to my Buy Me A Coffee page. The link is in the show notes. On the next episode, my guest will be Kevin Salt, an amazing photographer in the 80s when he was like 16 years old. <laughs> he took pictures of black flags, circle jerks, descendants and many more. And our conversation literally changed my life. Don't miss this. But until then, funk your life. See you next week.